Make your intentions clear. Know what you are going to do and why you are going to do it. Let the reason be of a true concern of yours. Feel the emotion connected with that concern. Perhaps you need uh, <clears throat> the memory of an, of an image, of an event, to bring about the, emo the emotion. So think of the image, think of the event. Let the sincerity of your concern come up. Feel the emotion connected with it. Whether the concern is a wish to be free of an unwanted situation or whether it is an aspiration for a desired result, a desired, desired situation, in either case, feel the emotion connected with it. Let it become a strong passion. And connect it now with meditation. Getting into this state of mind called meditation. See it as the definite way, the truest way of actually addressing that concern being able to be free of that unwanted, being able to gain the object of your aspiration. <coughs> and let that recognition, that that connection, that it become a strong conviction in your mind. <coughs> and let this conviction, let it sink into your body, let it sink into your whole being. So yeah, I'm going to meditate for this reason, to address this concern. And let your body sort of pick up on it. And just let your body's own intelligence almost by itself lend cooperation.
and still holding on to the emotion, holding on to the your intentions. Bring your attention now to the legs and just watching and waiting for the legs to place itself almost by itself in a posture conducive to meditation, physically, energetically, and attitudinally. And you will get the feedback, a definite sense of ease arising from the legs. And once you get the feedback, Hold on still to your intentions. Now bring your attention to the arms, including the hands, the elbows, shoulders. And just wait. Wait with the sense that the arms will cooperate and you will, you will be given the signal, the intuition as to exactly how to place the hands physically, energetically, and the kind of attitude you need to have. And you get again a sense of ease as a response, a feedback that the arms are now in a conducive posture. Do the same thing now with the torso and the back. really hold your attention on the torso, holding on to your intentions and just waiting for the torso and the back to find their respective place, proper posture, posture. Listen to the inside telling you move this way, move that way. you until you feel like a definite shift, definite like a, uh, when you set something into its proper place, like a, when you lock something and it has that click sound, then you know it's properly set in place. And you will definitely get that sense of ease coming from the back and the torso. Then you move your attention now to the head and neck. same way, holding on to your intentions, your attention is on the head and neck, waiting for the head and neck to align themselves properly in a posture conducive to meditation. Then you feel the feedback coming from the head and neck, that sense of ease 
check your mouth, teeth, tongue. Just, to just let them be in their natural places. Check the posture for the eyes. And after you test to see which one is conducive for you, then you adopt the one that you find most conducive. So feeling that initial sense of ease. So you open your eyes, close your eyes, keep your eyes half open. The ones that either enhances further that sense of ease or stabilizes it, that's the one that's conducive for you. And feel that sense of ease throughout the body, giving you a, a sense of the whole body as the whole body as a one unit. start to experience the body in a different way, in the same space where there's a, a sense of gravity, a sense of substance. You start to feel in that same space the body felt feeling like which someone may call energy, lightness. And that sense of ease is deepening further. The point where you can say the posture itself feels good. There's the emotional experience that it seems or it feels like you can stay like this forever. You're not experiencing any discomfort anywhere, any strains anywhere. It's just an overall sense of ease. Through the breath, you start to see a connection between the breath and how you are sensing the body. Now bring your attention now to the breath. Just watch it without forcing your mind to focus on it. Don't concern yourself about distractions. No need to control the breath to make it even or longer or shorter. If there are other sense objects that your senses are picking up in addition to the breath, there's no need to be concerned about it. As long as you are aware of the breath among all the other things that may be present in your mind, that's fine.
just this simple observation of the breath without any intention to control it, without any intention to force your mind to focus on it, not even concerning yourself about what to do with distractions. You may experience somewhat of a shift in how you're experiencing the breath. Once this happens, the sense of ease you felt in the body or feeling in the body, there seems to be a corresponding sense of ease now with the breath. With this sign, now have the added intention to keep the flow of your awareness on the breath unbroken. And still, there's no need to force your mind to focus. It doesn't matter if there are other things present in your awareness, as long as the awareness on the breath remains unbroken. And have the intention to keep this flow unbroken for 11 cycles of breath and keep a loose mindfulness on the progress or the state of the sense of ease. you kept that loose mindfulness on the sense of ease, 
while you are observing the breath with the intention to keep the flow of your awareness unbroken. You may have become aware of a more subtle phenomena sort of encroaching or spreading in the same space where you felt the body of substance and weight, you begin to feel about the body but in a more energetic, light awareness and also a shift happening in the awareness of how you are experiencing the breath. And a palpable sense of the mind also began to in, be included in your field of awareness. So without rushing to it, without running from it, just let it continue. And like uh, watching a moving spectacle and you have to sort of shift your point, the place of your point of view every once in a while. So when a more subtle object appears in your field of your awareness, sort of shift your point of perceiving that is the place from where you are making your observation, shift it to that more subtle phenomenon. So from within this sense of tranquility, again you bring forth your determination, what you are going to do, why you are going to do it. Remember to think of something that is of a sincere, true concern for you. this now from the perspective as though you're looking or you're observing through a window between the eyebrows. So the whoever, the whatever, whether it is you, whether it is not you, whether it is something beyond those. that which that which is the very thing the very person the very phenomena that will help you that will guide you to achieve your the objective of your determination feel the presence of that guide in that space 
at the level of your eyebrows. And your mind goes back and forth, creating the, the link by thinking the whoever, the whatever that is the very element, the very dependence through which you will definitely achieve the objective of your highest aspiration. Thinking these thoughts, focusing on that space, and allow yourself to feel what's there. feel a sense of a connection, a sense of a presence in that space, try to stabilize it, and knowing that now you are in the very presence of your infallible guide, because you will achieve the objective of your aspirations, and something, someone is going to help you. Now you are in direct communication with that person, with that thing, with that phenomenon. And just holding on to this with some degree of conviction. That, a, that the genuine sense of reverence arise in your mind. And in your own genuine way express that reverence. So now contemplating gratitude, contemplating reverence to your infallible guide should enhance those qualities. And they in turn enhance the sense of reverence. Staying within that sense of reverence. Find that measure of conviction that there is no doubt now that you will achieve your goal. Appreciating the immense value of this goal knowing that you are now in direct communication with the means to achieve it. A natural sense of gratitude comes in you, in your own genuine way, express it.
sort of sense of gratitude enhances the sense of reverence within enhances everything before now with your mind holding reverence holding gratitude entrust yourself take refuge Feeling the protection and the guidance, the sure guidance. Let that help you make a strong determination, a strong willingness to abandon let go of those habits of body, habits of thinking, habits of relating and communication that are only acting as causes to obstruct you from achieving the very object that you're aspiring to achieve. And since these come from the energy of habit, you need assistance. So turn your thoughts of reverence towards your infallible guide for protection, for, for, for guidance, for strength. do the same thing, seeking equal determination, equal strong strength of will to engage in those habits, to begin those habits of communication, of actions, of body, of thinking, that will become themselves 
conducive elements to help you achieve the objective of your determination, of the objective of your aspirations. And since the lack of engaging in these is due to also habit, so for strength, for guidance, for protection, again, summon your devotional energy towards your infallible guide. begin or remind ourselves of the Mahayana commitment. So let's have a genuine sense of sympathy for those who are in similar problems, have similar aspirations. Let that Sympathy become a true sense of compassion and love. And let that compassion and love become boundless. And let the boundlessness of this compassion and love become a commitment, a personal responsibility. That this very meditation becomes a means to fulfill the objective of your compassion, the objective of your love. back to the breath. 
the breath of weight, the breath of substance. And through that experience, let it bring you back to the awareness of the body, the body also of substance, the body of weight. How many of you were able to attend the, uh, the incredible teaching that just happened? That, how many of you were able to attend? Not too, not too many of you? Uh, that's too bad. But I'm very happy for you who were able to attend. Uh, I mean, uh, Rinpoche was teaching on the very topic that we've been talking about for, I don't know, how long has it been now? <laughs> Well, a few months, <laughs> okay? And I'm sure Rinpoche talked, uh, expanded on, uh, not, only, not only presented beautifully the Gelukpa uh, tradition, understanding of uh, Mahamudra, but also gave uh, perfect correlations with Mahamudra as it, it is understood and practiced in the Kagyu, the Nyingma, and also the What's the other one called? The Sakya. <laughs> uh, no, but with a, uh, a strong uh, center of, of, of you know, Gelugpa presentation. Okay. Uh, but now we have to put those teachings into practice. Okay. And if you just, if the teachings uh, sometimes become too overwhelming. They seem to be. Sometimes they may. They seem. They may even seem to take you away from your objective of going to the teaching in the first place. Uh, just remember your own reason as to why you you are att attending that particular teaching. Like Mahamudra, for example, it can become so complicated that you can be you become completely lost in the teaching in the present in the presentation of it in the detailed presentation of it. So to the point where you completely, even though you have a lot of facts, a lot of knowledge now concerning Mahamudra, you have no idea what Mahamudra is. Okay. And as far as, okay, now I'm sitting down, how do I do Mahamudra? And you have this encyclopedia of information in your mind, and you have no idea what to do. Just remember, Mahamudra has to do with, it's, it's a, it's both a kind of meditation and also the, uh, the experience of a meditation. Okay? A kind of meditation taking a particular uh, method, a particular approach, 
and then there's a specific result, a specific experience that Mahamuja is uh, are seeking. And it has to do with, you could say, your mind in terms of its uh, conventional nature, conventional appearance, and also the mind's ultimate nature. Okay? That's what Mahamuja is basically about. If you just remember that, then that might help you be able to piece together all the different uh, instructions that you heard, that you got about Mahamuja. Okay? Now I'm going to take you, not that I'm going to leave Mahamuja behind for now, we're going to continue. I don't know how long we're going to continue Mahamuja. Maybe until everyone here becomes uh, an Arya or something. <laughs> But uh, I'm going to go back to uh, motivation. And the reason I'm going back to motivation, not necessarily because uh, it's not like a, a, a segue back into bodhicitta or something like that, but more in a sense of, of uh, as a practitioner, as a meditator, uh, even if you go in a cave to the, go live in a cave all by yourself and then you have no contact with, uh, with uh, anyone whatsoever, you are, you, know, you are, whether you like it or not, participating in a transformation in the world that you're living in. I'm not talking about your own personal world. I'm talking about you know, the world that every being resides in, okay? especially the world where beings have such a strong karmic connection that they actually see themselves living in the same flat land or the same globe, okay? Especially those beings, you have a strong connection with them and your meditation influences them, okay? So not only your meditation influences them, but also your everyday behavior influences them. And it's, in a, it's not something that you can avoid. If you're a being, The very nature of being a being makes you an object that influences others, that influences your environment. You cannot help it. Whether you want to participate in this influencing consciously or not, no, you have a choice to either do it consciously or not do it consciously, but you're going to be doing it no matter what. Okay. Uh, and. This is to the effect where, uh, uh, at the time around the, around, around the Buddha, and uh, not too, too, too long, uh, maybe within like the first few hundred years around the time of the Buddha, when, no, uh, uh, when our hearts were coming out like uh, hotcakes. <laughs> uh, when our hearts would go into market, when they, well, not that our hearts no, go to market, but... <laughs> I don't know what they buy, but <laughs> but when they go out into society because of uh, their uh, either they have to they're 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 there to to beg for food, not that they necessarily needed the food, not that necessarily needed to beg to get food, but it was a way for them to establish connections, and they know that. Their state of mind was, inf was a, 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 an influencing, influencing factor. So before some, some, uh, some uh, ahats who were on the more compassionate uh, uh, line, not that some, some 
ahats are not compassionate, okay? But for those for whom compassion was like their main reason, their main uh, emphasis on the path. So they reach a point when they are uh, ahats that before they go and meet uh, and, and, make, and have contact with society, they would enter a meditation where they would not become an object for others to have afflictions. And you, and you can read about this in the sutras, you can read about this in, in, in commentaries, okay? So that tells you that you, you influence others, okay? For the better and, and, and for the worse, unfortunately, sometimes, okay? So what does this got to do with you? As a meditator, you're, you, are, you are more uh, uh, of a powerful object uh, that, influ that can bring about an influential, inf influential change in society. So not only are you changing yourself, not only are you transforming your own mind, your own being, but the very act of transforming your mind, the very act of transforming your being is having an effect in your environment. It's having an effect on those, on those on especially those who are in close proximity to you. Okay? Uh, so, it is uh, almost uh, a duty for meditators to every once in a while, if not every day, to get in touch with compassion, get in touch with love, to actually have a sense of being imbued in those, in those, in those uh, sentiments. So that the influence that you, the, well, I would say, what I would call the unconscious influence that you have on others will be will be positive. Okay. And and the reason that I I, uh, I brought this up today especially is because uh, I don't know if I'm just uh, paranoid, but uh, <laughs> it fe sometimes it feels like uh, um, there's not enough of that going on, there's not enough of that happening in the world, so uh, the demons of anger, the demons of, uh, of the afflictions seems to have a, a greater, um, no, greater freedom. And it seems uh, people become more, uh, easy, it's easier for people to be influenced by thoughts of anger than to be influenced by thoughts of compassion, okay? Like people can feel compassion but it doesn't necessarily make them act. But they feel anger, but it's easier for them to act out of it. That's what, that's what I'm referring to. And once uh, it influences one person and that person allows that to happen, then people have to sort of put themselves in defense against that from influencing them. From, from influencing them. And then the, the energy that you uh, put out to try to fight off this, let's call it this negative, I don't like using it, the word, but for now I'll use it, you know, this negative influence coming at you. you know, at first there's an unconscious fight, depending on how, what kind of a strength you have in your unconscious uh, being, un unconscious makeup. If, if, the, if, you're un if unconsciously you're not strong enough, to, that is, if you're not strong enough unconsciously to offset 
that from coming into a, to become a, a conscious uh, a conscious intention, a conscious emotion, or a conscious eventually become an action. If you're not strong enough in, 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 uh, inwardly, then it goes into now you become something that you're consciously fighting with. And if you're not still not strong enough, then the only way for you to be free of it is for you to act out of it. Okay. Now, and that's because uh, you could say the, uh, the real defense wasn't uh, you, you, it wasn't built. And this is not only for your own protection. Remember, the, the, uh, the only enemy that beings have, Thich said it uh, a long time ago. Remember, mankind, uh, I, I, I can't quote directly, but say something about remember mankind. Uh, mankind is not your enemy. Our enemies are the afflictions. Okay, Some, something like that. Okay, I'm sure he said it, he's a poet, he said it in a way that sounds beautiful. Okay, so remember that. So, not only are you only, not only are you fighting uh, the afflictions from taking over you, from conquering you, but you're also helping those around you by the strength that you build in your own uh, uh, struggle. And you don't have to do this, you don't, you don't have to say anything, you don't have to uh, immediately enter some sort of, say some, some strange mantra, just by being in the presence of, of, of uh, by being in the presence in a, in a particular uh, uh, surrounding, just your presence will sort of offset something like that from happening. You know, uh, an example, not a, an example like something that happened, but I'm, making something up. Like at work, for example, uh, uh, someone says something that was misinterpreted by someone and then that triggers uh, afflictive, uh, 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 an afflictive uh, reaction. And that person, because that person is weak, the affliction took over and that person responded with an affliction, the other person now, and it goes back and forth. Okay. And then someone else comes in and then they, they get hit with this, with this, and then they, uh, even if that person doesn't say anything, doesn't do anything, if, they are, if their defense is weak, then they take on that with them to the next environment. And whoever is weak there will, will pick it up. Okay, and you're like spreading this, this, this disease around. But if the other person that came in was very strong in their, in, 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 in their, uh, in their defense against the afflictions, then when they enter that environment, they bring about a sense of uh, a pacification. Okay, and either they will it, the, the two whoever were engaged in this uh, 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 were completely overwhelmed by the afflictions. They, it will slowly slow down, and then and if you didn't pick up. This, let's say this negative energy, then what you would have transmitted to them a positive energy, a seed of a positive energy, so that instead of you going picking up this negative energy and then bringing it to the ne next door, you've actually given them something positive that they can take with them somewhere. Okay. So and this is done without you having to say anything, without you having to do anything. This is happening unconsciously. 
Okay. So, so if you, from time to time, if not every day, consciously connect, consciously try to bring about an actual experience of boundless compassion in whatever way you can experience it, boundless love, you're building up that uh, positive influenceability where your very presence bring peace in a, uh, in a situation, okay? And you could enter the United Nations while the leaders of the world are bickering at each other there without even knowing why they're bickering at each other, and all of a sudden they just shut up, <laughs> okay? Hmm? Right. That kind of, that, you can have that kind of influence. But you have to, in order for, for it to be this kind of palpable uh, influence, you have to consciously enter into meditation on boundless love, boundless compassion, okay? So, that's the kind of meditation we're going to do today, right? right. right. And just like, uh, I think I mentioned that last, last time, uh, don't rush. Now, so, so the goal is boundless, an experience of boundless compassion, boundless love. So don't rush into trying to have trying to tell yourself, okay, boundless love, boundless love, boundless love, okay? And without feeling anything, okay? You only frustrate yourself, and it will become painful not only to your mind, but also to your body, okay? So build it up. Have some, some, some emotion that you can actually experience, and build it up, build it up, until it eventually becomes a sense of having a boundless sense of compassion. You actually feel it. It's not, it's not just a thought in your mind, but it's an actual experience, okay? And you, and you can feel it. You can do it. Right? All right. So as you are settling into your posture, uh, try to have a vivid memory of the sense of tranquility that you experienced earlier. And just let the memory, just let the recollection of that memory infuse your present state. So don't try to force that state to come about, but simply recall it and stay in that recollection. And once you have the slightest taste of it, now stabilize it. How do you stabilize it? Remember how it felt in the body, how it felt in the breath, how it felt in the mind. Still just in the experience of the recollection, having some taste of it, now 
observe five cycles of breath. So you have the objective of your meditation, what meditation you're going to do and why. So whatever idea you may have about what the experience of boundless love and boundless compassion would be like, just hold on to that. the momentum that you summoned earlier directing that power to help you gain that experience and reconnect again to your infallible guide and bring that presence to the crown of your head your being to the blessings and to direct those blessings to help you gain the experience of boundless love, boundless compassion, the truest defense, the truest protection. Ready? Bring that presence through the crown of your to through the crown and bring it into your heart center and let that presence become inseparable with your mind. 
and know you have been given the seed, the experience of boundless compassion, boundless love. but an actual feeling of boundless compassion and boundless love. Let this seed in your heart, let it grow so that you become its first object, its first target. See yourself as worthy of compassion, worthy of love. for yourself, a sense of love for yourself, that you deserve to be happy, you deserve to be free of all your troubles. begin with a sense of sympathy for those who are, who, have, who are in a similar situation. There could be abstract beings, abstract persons, people don't, you, don't, you don't really know, but that you are convinced there are someone, there is someone out there with your problem and have a sense of sympathy for them. same person or someone else may have your same aspirations. Have empathy for them, sympathy, sympathize for them.
after you brought yourself into a state where you're holding yourself as the right and proper object for compassion, the right and proper object for love, that you deserve happiness, you deserve not to experience any difficulties. let that grow into a sympathy for others without losing that sense of compassion for yourself, that sense of love for yourself. So you can say the sympathy is like seeing someone in the same situation and sort of feeling a connection and the compassion removes any barrier between you and the other person. Their concern is equal to your concern. and the love is stabilized not just an abstract idea but an actual emotion an actual feeling of compassion where there's the cognitive element of concern cognitive element of wishing the other person not to experience problems, difficulties but true wishing for the other person to experience contentment, happiness. And the very thought of seeing, of thinking of them being free of the same problem that you have brings a sense of joy to your mind. The very thought of seeing them or thinking of them meeting with happiness brings a sense of joy to your mind.
sometimes you need to have some sort of verbal thing going on in your mind so you can summon the emotion. But once the emotion is there, stop the verbal thinking. Just stay with the emotion. When the emotion sort of dissolves or dissipates, then you can go back again to the abstract conceptualization, but only as a means to summon the emotion. you have a sense of the emotion, try to summon it next time without the abstract, without the verbal thinking, by simply feeling it. experiencing a palpable sense of compassion, a palpable sense of love that you can hold on to without summoning, without thinking too much, but you can sort of feel like you can hold on to the emotion. Now holding on to the emotion, turn your attention now to someone who has some other kind of problem, who has another kind of aspiration, and try to hold on to that emotion of love and compassion while you hold on to that person in your mind. So you want to have an equal feeling of compassion and love for someone other than someone who is experiencing your own kind of troubles, your own kind of aspirations. It could be someone you know, or it could be just some, someone you make, some whoever.
So holding on to that emotion, holding on to that sincere concern for others' welfare, sincere sense of joy, hoping, seeing that they come in contact with what will make them happy, with happiness itself. Now bring more and more people, more and more beings into your, into your mind while you're still holding on to that same level of compassion, same level of love. systematically those who are close to you and then those who are not so close until you include until you have the thought in your mind the sense in your mind all beings are included or you can go directionally all the beings covering all the directions so do it in some systematic way when you eventually arrive at all beings, it feels real to you. It's not just some words that you're saying in your mind. And you're able to still hold on to that level of compassion that you felt from the very beginning.
few seconds to just look at the state of mind that you're in right now. The level of tranquility, the level of ease. The sense of how you are regarding others. And make a strong willingness, a strong determination that once you get off from your seat and you start to react, start to relate with others, you want to, you want to relate with them from this perspective. sort of commitment that you're going to feel guilty about later, but just have that strong intention to do so. And guided by your compassion, guided by this measure of love that you have, make a gift of this tranquility that you're experiencing. to all your fellow suffering beings who are afflicted. Cool their minds, let their afflictions be pacified. something that you are concerned about either in your own personal life or in the world and dedicate your meditation to that. dedication okay as you prepare yourself to come out to meditation hold on to the intention to relate with anyone, any being you encounter, 
from that perspective. Bring your thoughts to your breath. Feel the breath of substance, the breath of weight. And through it, become aware of the body, the body of substance, the body of weight.